Welcome to Behind the Blade Podcast, episode 11, in the wake of Blade Show 2017. I know Jim and I are both still a little bit exhausted, but I tell you what, we were really lifted up by all the outpouring of support and everybody who showed up at the Vehement Knives booth and who caught Jim walking through the aisles and was like, hey, we listen to the podcast, man. Some some of the introductions are actually a little bit awkward. They were, people would <laughs> hey come. They, yeah. they, they'd come up. I'm sorry. I'm here with Jim Stewart, but behind the blade yeah, podcast. Up? Jim, how are you doing? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Great. Please continue. <laughs> um, now the formalities are out of the way. We'd have people come up and they would kind of stare, and I'd be like, "How's it going?" And they'd be like, "Hi, like we're old buds." And I'm like, <laughs> "What can I help you with today?" You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Kind of work in the booth a little bit, and then like. Oh, we listen to the podcast, and I'm like, oh, I have no frame of reference. I've actually, I've never seen half your faces, guys, and I hope uh, at some point we all get to meet each other, whether at Blade Show or Grindin's, or you just catch yourself in the UP for some reason. But uh, it was too funny because you know they're like, well, I mean, we're all we hang out every week, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> it's like, like, I, I know you better than you know me. I that's have for sure. no idea, and it was super cool. Yeah. Um, but I, I was really. Again, we have, I mean, we have our metrics that we study and stuff like that, right? I mean, we actually study them pretty closely, but they don't mean as much in digital form as they do meeting these people face to face. Oh, it's an entirely different experience. And hanging out with them and having to be like, dude, I feel like I'm in the room with you guys. And that's what we set out to do. And so to me, that's a huge accomplishment. Jim and I were kind of gloating on this a little bit and we were like, (laughs) dude, we're, we're doing what we wanted to do. We wanted an engaging podcast about this industry. We wanted the microphones to be here for a reason. We wanted you guys to have speakers for a reason. And, uh, and I think it's just going great. It's going phenomenally, Matt. I mean, like our metrics are are going off the charts. We got a lot of attention, especially over blade show. Um, uh, we had, uh, we were, we were mentioned in uh, one particular review video, review video. And then, uh, Chris Tanner from prepared my one on one had also mentioned us as well. And, and we just can't thank you guys enough for, for for the level of attention and uh and just for listening to the podcast man thank you so much and for and for meeting yes. us at blade i was called out a couple of times hey jim and i'm looking around cuz i have no idea who's calling me right. and somebody has to come like kind of come up to me and like put their hand on my shoulder for me to for me to go because like i'm in a crowd and i'm short and all i'm seeing are backs yeah, right <laughs> sweaty bellies yeah. <laughs> and it's like hey man i listen to the podcast i'm like oh sweet nice to meet you thank you and and uh, and there was a lot of that, and I'm and I'm super honored that uh, that that we that that we're getting this kind of attention from you guys, and it's great. And we we hope to continue this for many years to come, and uh, and we're gonna just keep on providing great content for you. At least trying, yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> it, it was it was really something, and I, and I, I you know Jim nailed it on the head there. But I, it's just worth noting that we appreciate you guys, and it was great meeting you at Blade Show, and some of you guys are real characters. Um, some people were kind of jabbing us in the beginning about our production quality. It was all in good fun though. I mean, absolutely. Like, yeah. And I got, <laughs> I got to meet her in person. She was working the booth right across from us and what a sweet girl. I believe her name was Sarah. Um, she was awesome and, you know, kind of a, kind of a little sassy, I guess would be the word you would use <laughs> that's there. That's not necessarily negative. No. And so I was like, that's perfect. But she forced us to upgrade the equipment that we have now. So we're, we're thankful for that. But Absolutely. It, it was, it was just really awesome hanging out with you guys at Blade. And I hope that everybody that attended had a great time. Um, I know that we are going to, in lieu of our typical news segment, this week's news segment is going to be what happened at Blade. And most importantly, what Jim and I brought home from Blade, because I have got a treasure trove laid out in front of me (laughs) on the table here. And uh, Jim has got a single but mighty acquisition that he brought. Yes, I got a single thing, one thing. And I said to myself, Jim, you're only going to spend maybe up to $300 on this, on on something at Blade Show, or maybe several things. Um, But that was your budget. That was my budget. And uh, what I ended up coming home with was I ended up going a little bit over that and getting a 1950s Roni 13-inch stiletto. Listen to this guy. The thing's a monster. I mean, when he says 13 inches, it's obnoxiously large. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm super proud to get this. This is vintage 1950s. I mean, like I mean, like you Switchblade guys out there probably are already are already going going going. Oh my goodness, you got a what? And um. Yeah, so so I got uh, I got this for an excellent price. Um, it was sitting right next to all the other switchblades on the table for eight to twelve hundred dollars. And the problem with mine is that it was the guy had verified that it was real, and I looked at it and it looked really good to me. But it, but it's mismarked, oh. so it's not worth as much. It's only worth about 
three hundred. It's only worth about. Well, he he his originally his, the sticker price that it pulled off was four fifty. Okay, but he knocked a hundred bucks off for it. Nice, because I was willing to just give him cash right there, I guess. And and I would and I really liked it. And he goes, "Well, I'll give it to you for three fifty. I'm like, "Sold." So the so, mismarking doesn't make it more valuable. I think I'm surprised from a collector standpoint. So, so I am a little bit too, and maybe I need to do a little bit more research on this. Or if anybody, anyone of you guys knows knows more about this than I do, by all means, email us or leave a comment on the Facebook page or something. It just it's marked it's marked Roni on the blade, and that's the only marking on the whole blade. But this is apparently very much 1950s. Oh, the, the age on that stag is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that alone. And it's a picklock, right? It's yeah, a picklock stiletto? Yep, it's a, pick, it's a picklock, not a swing guard or a button release or anything like that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a, but it's got a functioning safety and everything, and everything is just, it looks like it's stock. I think the only thing that's ever been done to this was that the, uh, sometimes, as, as you know, Matt, the, the, the blade, the blade and, and lock don't totally match up. Yes. So, so so um an owner will go back with a file and just start touching that until it fits perfectly. It's fit perfectly. It's even feasible that that may have happened at the plant, right? Where they oh, were making them yeah. in Italy. Yeah. No, they, no, they, no they, totally. Sometimes they knock, sometimes they knock that out of the park. Sometimes they let you know stinkers go, but a little quick touch with a file and it's back up. Right. That's right. really all they needed. But no, I'm and this stag is a perfect example of how stag should age properly. Yes. It looks really good. It's nice and golden. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it's it's a little bit scratched and worn from use, and there's still some tool marks on it, but it's gorgeous. It's absolutely great. It's a beautiful piece. And for Thank those you. of you guys listening, uh, I know Jim just hammered through a bunch of different stiletto types. So we have swing guard, push button release, and pick lock. And uh, swing guard is what is probably the most abundant, probably the most prolific. Yeah, it's probably the most well known where you where just the, grab the show sides yeah, swing it's like guard a bolster. And you, and you push yeah. your and you push your thumb down on one side of it and the whole and the whole bolster swings yes. out. And then the top part of the bolster actually kicks the pick pick lock out, releasing the blade. Yep. And it and it's actually spring loaded, which is which is cool. This one is called a pick lock, so you actually have to take your thumb and put it on the lock itself because there's a there's a lip on each side. And the lock and, is attached to the mainspring. It's right. it's integral to the mainspring, right, I should right, say. Right, right, right. Think think back lock style. Yep. You know, and so and so you just move it out of the way and the blade immediately comes free and swings right down, hits the spring and then closes and catches. And the pick locks are they're beveled. I mean it's very intentional. Yeah. It sounds kind of strange if you've never seen one, but they're they're beveled in to allow you to get your thumbnail behind them and then lift it off. And it's no major feat to do it. It makes life they're very easy to do. Yeah, my, my 13-year-old daughter did it without a problem. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then push-button release, obviously, is just you push the button to let the knife go, and you push the button to release the lock and fold it back into place. Here, here. And so, but yeah, what a score. Holy cow. I, I just think it's the, I think it's so cool. I, I had to have it, man, when I saw it. I'm like, I'm like, that's what I'm getting for Blade Show. Last year for Blade Show, I got a, uh, like, like a brand new modern folder knife. I got a, a Riot Wave, a two oh, Blade right. Show edition with the, the, the emblazoned... Uh, gold tie inlay in carbon fiber scales, and, and it's an excellent knife. Don't get yeah. me wrong; it's it's great. Um, but this is a, this is much more of a much more of a, a piece of knife history. Absolutely, that, that I'm holding right here. I, I mean, I think it's just a jewel in a collection, and like you said, it's historic. It yeah. has, I mean, for a, a switchblade from the fifties, it doesn't get more iconic than right. that. It's absolutely. I feel like I feel like I should be, you know, clicking my fingers in an alley. Yeah, somewhere, exactly. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's great. So, are you a shark or a jet? <laughs> I'm a jet all the way. Next, Matt, what did you get, man? Holy I hear cow. so so so. What Matt got was so cool that I'm proud to know somebody that owns one of these because <laughs> it's so cool, man. You got to tell him. I'm proud to own it. I uh, I scored. Oh man, I want to give you guys some kind of dramatic pause on this, but let's get right into it. <laughs> so I scored this amazing Les George custom V14 dagger. Oh, and it's really nice. It is unlike any other dagger that Les has put out to date. I don't know if he's going to continue to do these or not, um, but he definitely hooked me up with one sweet, sweet dag. It's a nice tumbled finish. I'm not sure what the blade steel is on it. Um I don't even have a clue. I, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> you were so in awe by the construction and the look, you didn't even ask. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not a blade steel snob. I I just I've done amazing things with 440C. Yeah. Like not like I've made amazing knives. I've used knives out of 440C and just beat the hell out of them and had really good results. So I, I'm just really not a blade steel snob. And I know the market is very into the charts and graphs, and they're into what is this either uh, digital image or this piece of paper telling me is the best steel. But to me, there are certain steels that I don't like because they don't hold an edge or I find them to be chippy or something like that. Mm. And then the rest of them I love. And so it just is what it is. So anyway, <laughs> I have no idea what the steel is on this dagger, and quite frankly, I don't care. 
I do know, however, that it has this. Uh, now, Les does a lot of work on CNC, obviously. That's his stock and trade. You know, he's a, he's a talented knife maker in his own right and can do a lot of freehand grinding and all that stuff, too. But um, a lot of his art form is really done on a machine, on a mm-hmm. milling machine. Oh, and yeah, just, just looking at that, I mean, you can tell it was milled, but the amount of work that went into that. That's exactly my point, yeah. Jim. So mm-hmm. what he's what Jim's referring to is this the scales on this. It's not a hidden tang like you would picture like on a Fairbane Sykes or something like that, although the, the dimensions and proportions are pretty similar. It does have a little chunkier handle. Um, but it is like this checkered grip. Like just imagine the, cur- the coarsest knurling you've ever seen. And that's 3D CNC machined into what I think are full half inch titanium scales. Unheard of. That's a yeah, huge chunk of titanium. Oh, oh man. I, I can't even imagine the amount of money just going into buying the stock at half an inch thick. I bet less can because he <laughs> spared me no detail in saying, yeah, that was a lot of titanium, Matt. And so, <laughs> um, it, they're just amazing. And if you look at a lot of the other, uh, models you'll you'll notice that they're maybe slightly thinner but he really wanted to get that like second pattern full coke bottle round like it's a big amalgamation of the old school and the new school Mm -hmm. and i just think he knocked it out of the park and i'm so proud of this knife it came in a super super sweet rmj tactical leather sheath uh these are all hand assembled using pull the dot snaps and screws and screw posts and bushings and it's ambidextrous and yep. molly adaptable just a slick looking unit open top <laughs> real fast access for a dagger i just thought it was a, a pretty hot sheath um and, and it fits the super knife, tight too there's no strap or anything too it's all no, just friction all fit friction fit and, and it and it holds the knife in i mean that's yes. out of leather keep in mind i mean just so so just imagine the amount of work that goes into making it's, something like that it's a piece i mean this whole ensemble is just a piece and i'm really proud to have it and i'm really thankful to Les for it and, uh, yeah, so we have that, but wait, there's more. <laughs> um, so our latest edition of Vehement Knives, Ashley, Miss Ashley, she, you guys may have met her at the show. If you haven't, then you've probably seen pictures of her on the Vehement Knives page and the syndicate and stuff like that. We were all working the booth together. She is a bona fide knife fanatic, just like you goons out there listening to us. So <laughs> I took her over to one of my old idols. So... This man, Ray Ennis, uh, used to design some really, he still does. I shouldn't say used to, he still does. Uh, he designed some amazing knives. And in my very early days, I remember saving pictures of his knives uh, on my computer as references for design <laughs> cues and stuff like that. That's awesome. That's and really cool. I really looked up to his work. I thought it was super cool. He's been around a long time. The name of his company is Entrek, which is uh, Echo November Tango Romeo Echo Kilo. Entrek, E-N-T-R-E-K. And uh, he makes just these kind of cool tactical, but some of them are like kind of woodsy. And yeah, he just does some neat stuff. Mm -hmm. So he put out this model called the Cougar, if I'm not mistaken. And (laughs) I took Ashley over to meet him. And I hung out with Ray as I do at every Blade show and and just just say hi and, you know, kind of pay some respect. And she saw this knife on his table that she couldn't live without. So she picked it up. And it's the Entrek Cougar. It's a blasted, again, going back, 440C blade. Uh, kind of a bead blast, sand blasted finish with some matte finish, micarta, and some stainless fittings and whatnot. It's, it's just gorgeous. a hot little, uh, like all around camp knife, like that. Uh, who made Bear Grylls knife? Gerber. No, when he still had a soul. Uh, it was a custom. Was that? It looks. It looks just like one of the Martin. <laughs> uh, the Martin knives collective. Did one very similar, and I don't know mm-hmm. which one came first or whatever. Oh no, I, I didn't. I didn't even and know so, about any knives. Oh, he used to carry a custom. Yeah, no, he used to carry a custom. Oh, I, I had no idea. This yeah. looks strikingly similar, not in design but in proportion. So, if you've ever seen the early Bear Grylls and the knife that he used, um, you'll know how mighty a four-inch blade can be and what exactly you can do with it. And so, this is a great all-around knife. It's completely different in design. I'm just more talking about the proportions and what an apt blade this is. Is is so? Just a quick Google search. Is his name Robert Bailey? It's possible. Yeah. Let is, me see. Is that it? Yes, that's exactly. That's it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Robert Bailey was the guy who made Bear Grylls custom knife. Before there you that. go. So, and then I know yeah. the the Martin knives guys. Uh, Newt, Hank. I think there's a Bill. I'm not positive. I, kn- I know Hank more than the rest. And obviously, everybody knows Newt. So mm. I think there was a Bill Martin also. So feel free to correct me on that. I'm sorry, guys. It has been a long week. Uh, we also haven't slept in about a month and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> cut me some slack. The prep and the after show. So that was <laughs> Ashley's acquisition. Uh, my love, 
So I, I do want to add that I've had that knife in my head and it is supremely comfortable. Isn't it? I mean, and, oh, and you look at it and you're like, that's not comfortable. Yeah. Until you put it in your hand. Boom. And then it's like, oh, okay, that's it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, it's just, it's a well, it's a cool knife. I yeah. just think it's cool. And it's cool that she picks something up from somebody who I really respect as a maker and as a gentleman. Uh, Ray is just, you know, we're going to go on a tangent for a minute, guys. Again, I'm tired, so I might get a little rambly. Tangents are the best part of the show. Bear with me. You go through <laughs> Blade Show, you meet all these great people. The energy is absolutely electric. You are on fire with inspiration, with these relationships that you're forming, with old friends that you're running into. And yet every once in a while, you run into these people. You, at the end of the show, you're like, how was the show? And look at you. They go, terrible, man. And you go, whoa, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's so different from your own personal experience. Right. right. It's, it's the worst it's thing so I've So the contrast is so it, high. Yes, yeah, and I can tell you this. I've known Ray for a number of years now. And whether it's a good day or a bad day or he's having a rough day or he's having an awesome day, the guy is a beacon of light and positivity. <laughs> and those are the people who you want to buy knives from. No matter what's going on in his world, you're like, hey, Ray, how's things? And he's like, he'll, he'll say stuff like, they're getting better. You know what I mean? And that's how you can tell, like, oh, he's not having like, the best day. You know what I mean? But that's who he is, just this positive guy that's been in the industry for a long time. And I think he's got a skilled design eye. And I think we're lucky to still have him around. And so I recommend that everybody go check out his stuff. He does some really, I think, like the Merc series is really mm -hmm. awesome. He does a Commando series, which is really awesome. Fantastic. He does some just super cool knives. So anyways, there's Ray Ennis, Entrek Knives. Uh, sir, I hope you listen to the podcast, but know that I'm a huge fan, yep. and I'm really glad that one of the Vehement Knives team ended up picking up uh, one of your blades. His website is www.ennis-entrekusa.com. E-N-N-I-S-E-N-T-R-E-K-U-S-A.com. Yeah, I'm tired too, man. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, um, definitely go right there. Yep. Ennis Entrek. Ennis Entrek, yep. Yep, raise a good guy. Tell him we sent you, please. And uh, next, uh, next, my lovely bride's acquisition. Now, this is one she knew what she wanted, man. She got there. She already knew what model she wanted. She had seen them. Uh, she found one that she actually likes better than the one that she had seen, only stylistically speaking. But she picked up a zero tolerance 0450 G10. It's a Sinkovich design mm -hmm. out of S35 VN. And what makes this one, I mean, this is just a, it's so much knife. It's such a, I mean, it's a, it's a light kind of dainty. I mean, it's not, I wouldn't say it's overly feminine in its design. I actually, it's probably one of my favorite ZTs it, that's out right it now. It actually looks rakish. I mean, it's, it it's, does. it's the barbarian versus the rogue. Right. It's basically, this would be the rogue version of, of, of a manly knife. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is just, it's a hot, sleek little unit. Mm -hmm. It's small enough to fit in ladies' pockets, which is really important because, uh, any of our female listeners out there, you know that the pockets on your pants are just for show and they're totally garbage and they can't fit any yeah. reasonable pocket knife. Well, Jenna was excited this fit in ladies' pockets. Um, <laughs> it's on bearings, titanium uh, uh, clip side with an integral. It's, you know, it's a frame lock, so it's got an integral lock bar. But I did like that they added a hardened steel lock bar face mm -hmm. so that there's no galling or right. misshaping or anything right. like that. So I, I thought that was a good touch. Um, it is lightning fast on its bearings. It almost feels assisted. I mean, the thing's just, even, yeah. even if you're holding it with the spine of the handle up, I mean, this thing just flips out like I mean, nothing. With the lightest touch too. I mean, like anything that you can do to overcome that, the, the ball bearing, it sails out. I mean, you can't get it to stall. Right. I mean, that's what you want in a folder. I mean, it's great. Totally. It's totally very, it's a very cool folder. Absolutely. It, it's just hot. It's black texture G10, maybe like a fine or medium texture, uh, fine texture on one side and then the tumbled titanium on the other. Uh, some jimping that's been muted down by, which is something we do in our shop all the time, by uh, beveling the edges, kind of chamfering it a little bit, so you don't have this cheese grater of, of jimping on the spine. <laughs> right. It's very comfortable, but it also offers some purchase. They also, there's a lot of little details in this knife, which is what I appreciate, kind of going back to uh, Todd's be Todd Begg's philosophy on all this, is that there are... Um, there's jimping in a place where you actually can't even access it with any part of your finger at any part of the operation, which seems kind of like a waste, but I can tell you that when the knife's closed, it gives this really cool aesthetic, kind of, uh, I don't know where you would consider this, maybe 180 degrees away from the flipper on the material that surrounds the pivot, mm. uh, the blade material that surrounds the pivot. Right. See, that, yeah. see that in there? Yep, yep, you can see that. Oh, that's it. That's internal. Yeah, you can't touch oh, that's it. Crazy. You can I never, never touch it. That. No, that's just that's just a visual. 
That's just a, a visual accoutrement. Yeah, just a detail, man. That's, yeah, and that's, that's cool. It's that's just kind of neat. And when you're looking at a knife that has so many cool lines on it, it's cool to get lost in the details a little bit. And I think ZT just hammered it on this one. It was just a great design. Uh, do you know Sinkovich's first name? No. Yeah, me neither. I don't. So Mr. Sinkovich. <laughs> I'm Sinkovich. assuming it's a man, Mr. Sinkovich. Right. Um he his design was spectacular. ZT's execution was on par with what we come to expect from those guys. So uh great knife. Dimitri Sinkovich. Dimitri. Dimitri. Dimitri Sinkovich. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Should have known. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no offense, Dimitri. <laughs> I don't think anybody's taking offense. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> so and it keeps going, man. I'm telling you, I just, yeah, yeah, he's got, he's got more. I but wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. I feel like we're doing a frost yeah. cutlery. It, it's, it's almost, it's almost like Matt hit every single type of knife as he as he went through. Incidentally, yeah. now some of these were purchases, and some of these just. I got a good life, guys. I don't know what to say. Some of this stuff just walks into my life. So um, the other thing is I am not a huge slip joint fan. And I want to be very bad, and I just can't seem to get into them at all. And, however, I was introduced to a company um, by Derek and uh, Derek Bone over at KnifeShipFree.com. I was introduced to a company called Great Eastern Cutlery. And... I don't know what it is about their slip joints, but they appeal to me specifically. And I know they appeal to a lot of other people because they sell out. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're gone. You know what instantly. I mean? Everywhere. But those are the only ones. And it's something in the lines and in the execution. I mean, they have a nice, firm walk and talk, but they're not nail busters when you open mm -hmm. them up. I like that they still use brass liners. Yep. I like that they do nickel silver. I don't know if this is nickel silver or stainless bolsters, but I, I have seen them in nickel silver. Mm -hmm. Um the, they just do good work, and yeah. something speaks to me about them. And the, their designs are proportionate. That's yes. a huge thing in slip joints. Absolutely, yeah. you don't look like you have a five-pound handle with a two-ounce blade. Right, exactly. You know, you don't want that. Um, and I heard, I know we talked about it on the podcast a couple episodes at least, mm -hmm. where I was talking about a Great Eastern fifty-four moose. Yep. Yep, you know. and, it, and it fit very well with our Nesmuk yes. episode as yes, well. Yes, that was it. Yep, That's that was exactly it. Yeah. It was the Nesmuk version. Yeah, there was a Nesmuk trio, and one of the knives was a moose, which was which was an equal end and had blades at either end. One of them was a clip, one of them was a spear. Yes, uh -huh. exactly. And yeah. Great Eastern jumped on that, and they made a really cool version of it that Reed over at North Star Trading Post has. And I've coveted Reed's knife so bad. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'll find the right one. I'll find the right one. Somebody did just offer me one in Kiranite. Um, not a big fan of Kiranite. You guys may or may not know that, but the <laughs> knife is still pretty sweet. Is that UN UXNLD? What is that series? Yeah, um, UX UXNLD. Um, it's uh, supposed to, it's supposed to stand for unexcelled, or, or un, unparalleled, or oh okay, or, or um, it, yeah. As you say the letters, it means something. I can't remember exactly what it is. I actually okay. just got yeah. Evan Nicolades actually gave me like a little crash course in that. Oh, like, okay. Like, like all of those letters in those slip joint companies are supposed to mean something, and he um. And uh, e even in his knives, and I can't remember exactly what it was. U N X L D X L D U N I X L D unexcelled. Unexcelled. Okay, nothing beyond it. Right. Okay, right. and that's where you get like the pinch bolsters, slash cut bolsters, and all that stuff. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so, anyways, so I'm taking a smoke break. I've been working the booth all day, and and we try to take different aisles out to the smoke pit so we can go burn one real quick, and that way we can also kind of see the show because I really didn't bust out for very much time at all. And on one of these uh, endeavor adventures, treks to the back of the building to go have a cigarette. So that I was the best place, by the way. That yeah. was your suggestion where I went. Yeah, so, that's the spot. <laughs> it's nice and quiet. Actually, funny enough, the only other people that ever went out there were other knife makers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where you're like, hey, that's Kiku Matsuda. Or you're like, right. hey, that's so I mean, you'll see some top name makers out there. I, I saw David Deng from uh, from from uh, Riot Knives out there. Nice. He was busy and, and everything. Yeah, it was that, that was that was funny enough. If you want to meet the knife makers and have a smoke break. Go out there, but you know, look around first to make sure that it's not, you know, you know, you're not giving away our secret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no kidding. Um, so on the way out there, I just happened to walk by, and I'm a short guy, and their case was tall, and right at about eye level was this really cool looking cigar knife, cigar slip joint, and it has what they call cougar clawed bone on it, which is kind of a wavy striation, you know, running along along the axis of the blade. And it looks neat. It doesn't look like imitation stag. It doesn't look like it's trying to be stag. It looks like it's been clawed. Like, it really has that effect to it. I thought that was pretty cool. With the, and I'm pretty sure it's your nickel silver, mm. uh, the bolsters on it. Yeah. And I look up, 
Great Eastern Cutlery. And I was like, <laughs> out of the entire Here. Blade show, I happened to walk by and I was like, ooh, I like that knife. And I looked at it. And, I, and I, who is it? Great Eastern. And it was great meeting the girls over there. They were super sweet uh, and very helpful. And, and again, a little bit sassy, which I think is uh, par for the course in the knife industry. Yeah, yeah, you know I what I so. mean? And it, I just had a great experience with them. And I picked this knife up. And it is a, uh, like I said, it's a cigar pattern. It is not the true Nesmuk style in that the blades come out like a moose on opposite sides. Both blades come out the same side, but I'm pretty sure they're the same blades same that were blades, used. Same blades, dude, yeah. Yeah, you got a clip and a clip and a, a spear. And a spear. Yeah. Big, sexy spear, though. I mean, I was talking to Jay Rao about this, and it's... Uh, oh, wow. I mean, look at that. Look, yeah. look, look what they did. I mean, they just... It's they, almost angular. They I mean, swedged cool. it, and they, yeah, they yeah. looks like a really abrupt drop for this. I mean, it's just a hot-looking blade, and they did so little to it. Mm-hmm. As far as changing it, it from, so imagine like a Swiss Army knife blade. Right. How, just a very traditional spear. And they did so little and it did so much for the aesthetic. Like <laughs> it just changed it. And that's gorgeous. So now I'm like, all right, slip joint in the bag. And uh, that's my slip joint story. <laughs> but wait, guys. And I know you're probably. <laughs> They're like, oh god, yeah, keep on going. <laughs> but get a load of this. I was, I was just thinking. I was like, I bet you're sick of hearing me talk about knives. And I was like, that's why you listen to hear me and Jim talk about knives. So we're gonna continue to do so. That's the whole point. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. All right. All right, now this, this is oh, something man. else that just kind of tumbled but- into my life. Let's just hold on. Let's clean the palate for a second. All right. Hang on. I got to take okay. a swig. I, right. Forgive me, guys. I try not to drink beer on the show, but like I said, I'm exhausted. And what makes you feel better than depressants, right? So. <laughs> mm. All right. Okay. So what I have in front of me is about, I don't know, let me say four by eight inches, maybe. Four by eight sounds right. All right. It's four. Mm. We're going to call it four by eight. You guys can't hold me to that. Uh, it's, a, it's a box. It's about four by eight. It has a texture on it that is similar to the way carbon fiber looks, except it feels like carbon fiber looks. It's a heavily textured box. It's a heavy-duty cardboard. I have no idea what it actually is. On the front is a gold leaf logo of a inverted dagger, point down, with a coiled snake for a handle, and what looks to be an M. Also looks... Somewhere like a lady's leg, I guess, from a certain angle, but uh, <laughs> sure. This is but, a yeah. Tony Marfione custom, and custom, custom. It's not just a Microtech. Yeah. This is an Anthony Marfione custom, and it is. I'll read you off the label. It's an Ultratech, hollow ground, two tone, double vapor blast, which it does have a strange finish, but I don't know what the double vapor blast thing is. Maybe some Microtech <laughs> fans can fill me in on that. Um, <laughs> Send all info to info at <laughs> <laughs> Mill spec, anodized alloy, made in USA. Now, the box is so captivating. I mean, I just want to stare at the box. It's got a magnetic closure on it. Watch, I'll do this so you guys can hear it. This is what happens when you close the flap on the box. Oh, man. I just love it. I don't even know if you guys could hear it, but I did. And yeah, there's I no tucking it. flaps or anything in the box. You can tell they put some money into that. Yeah, yeah, it's, exactly. It's got, a mag- it's got a magnet and metal that it snaps to. It's Half fun. the price has to be in the box. Yeah. Uh, you open it, and the presentation is really phenomenal. You have that Marfione logo uh, right on the upper lid as you open it. And then inside is a ballistic nylon sheath. So we'll come back to that sheath in a second. But it did include a, let's see here, it's a microfiber cloth for wiping the knife down, also embossed with the Marfion logo. Yep. And this heavy duty, I don't know if it's titanium or steel, I don't I have no idea what this thing is. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can speculate on this, Jim. It's a certificate of authenticity that is... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a plate. It's a plate it's of a metal. It's a plate of yeah. metal. And it's huge. Yeah, yeah, this thing's this thing's massive. It's obviously been coated with something and then lasered over. I mean, and uh, for for their certificate of authenticity. So so I'm holding this thing, and this thing's maybe two and a half by six, you know, and it's just this plate. And it's it's it was it looks like it was water jet and the same type of dagger that Matt described earlier that's embossed in the front of the box. The outline of that is water jet out of this thing. On the other side, big old letters MCK. Microtech custom or uh, Marfion yeah. custom knives, of course, made in USA. Certificate of authenticity. Model Ultratech blade hollow ground two tone double vapor blast. Matt said that 
basically everything. And then maker Anthony L. Marfione. It's and then his signature, which looks yeah. like it's in gold sharpie. I yeah, don't, yeah. I, I don't think that's looks like it's, yeah. yeah, the signature looks like it's genuine. Yeah, but but this is the coolest certificate of authenticity I think I've ever seen. I thought ours were cool, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, go sit at the kids' table. Yeah, it's like, man, what could I do to improve the level of my certificate of authenticity? I know, water jet them out of metal. Yeah, it's so <laughs> it's awesome. sick. And so, and it comes in a little protective plastic sleeve. Uh, which is pretty sweet. You know, it kind of preserves all these little things because it's all these things that add the value to it. Uh, this is not an EDC knife for me, and I'm hard on my knives, and I use everything <laughs> I have. This one, yeah. I'm like, this is a special occasion. I'll just bust it out to show people. I don't think I'll right. carry this one. Right. I'll be I'm, honest. I'm gonna wear this one when I go to the to the to the, to the play theater. Yes, or yeah, exactly. Yeah, suit. Very know? gentlemanly. Yeah. When I'm not wearing five pounds of silver rings on my hand, you know what I mean? <laughs> or five pounds of grinding dust. Yeah, that, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How much do you think you have in your pockets right now? Dude? Oh man, yeah. I'm wearing even like clean clothes, and I think I got the half pound <laughs> right, right now. <laughs> so the zipper pull on this uh, ballistic nylon sheath is a titanium water jet. Marfione dagger also. Uh, yeah. Is it the same size as the one that came out of the plate? No, no it's not. It's nope. not, but it's still pretty cool. Yeah. And, okay. I mean, and there really are. There's, so there's several sizes of this dagger in metal and none of them share. I would have, I would have been like, oh, that's clever. They, they water jetted out and with the blanks, they, they probably use them somewhere else, but probably. not on this piece. Every piece is unique on here. On the front is a Velcro patch, um, kind of the, the velvet of Velcro. I don't know if you guys knew that. It's velvet crochet was the original hmm. term for that. That's interesting. And that's why it's shortened to Velcro. Um, there's the, the velvet side of the Velcro, and the logo is stitched into that. And then Anthony's uh, signature is embroidered <laughs> on the case. on the sheath on the oh, case man. yeah it's and you're like oh my god so so you're saying that he's nailing down the opening experience completely i mean there <laughs> honestly there yeah. could have been a gray dog turd in here and i'd have been like this is the coolest thing i've ever had like <laughs> the packaging is so exceptional i mean i'm dead serious and uh, so inside the case, it's Sherpa lined, so it's kind of like a napped wool kind of thing. Uh, look at the fur inside. I know, I see that. It's ridiculous. And then, look at that, another titanium yep. water jet. Right. Oh, uh, does that one match the one that's on the stick? No. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, that's what's crazy to me, though, because I'm with you, Jim. Uh -huh, like, it yeah. would have made sense to... And, but no, they're all unique. Everyone is different. That's, no borrowed parts on the right, whole thing. Right. No holds barred, man. They're really going. And this is a titanium patch of the dagger logo, but it has the crochet side of Velcro on it. Do, do you guys put this on their jacket on the crochet on the on the on the on the velvet? Oh, jackets? like the arm, the, the, like the, for your morale right? patch on your they arm. Just put, yeah. They just put this metal thing. Clink. It would look pretty cool. It would look uh, yeah. awesome. I'd wear that. That's yeah. cool. It's sweet. <laughs> I, it just. I, we haven't even got to the knife yet, guys. I, this is this so is just insane. Box. I mean, like you can tell that this is stamped. This isn't like custom cut. There's a stamp for their Velcro that goes on the back of the. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they have a die. Yeah, yeah a that die. cuts out the Velcro <laughs> just for these titanium. I mean, just, just to kind of illustrate the point that this guy is really putting a lot of attention to detail in this, and he's doing it all the right way. Totally. All right, let's get down to the meat and potatoes. So Here we inside go. is a microfiber pouch, uh, virtually identical to what would come with a pair of Oakleys. Uh, drawstring on the top about the same length and everything they mm -hmm. probably got sunglass pouches uh and inside is this amazing now when i got it i i thought it was you know last year kind of thing mm -hmm. 6 2017 that came out this month wow it's the eighth yeah <laughs> we were there on the third so it was like uh -huh. oh so this is brand spanking new yeah and it's an ultra tech with uh the tri-wing uh proprietary fasteners that microtech uses mm -hmm. it doesn't have the three holes it's got like the positive version of that gotcha. i don't know what you want to call it, it looks like a triangle inside oh of yeah yeah but but, but the, the triangle the triangle is above everything yes yeah man that's crazy that's nuts. even the uh window breaker on the back it's got that glass breaker. Oh, I see it. Yeah, no, it's and got like a hardened. It's got like a what? What is that? That's just a ceramic beam. ball or like a hardened, high hardness yeah. uh, steel ball bearing or something. I think it's just a really hard ball bearing. But even there. that but is yeah. a different. This is a, this three sided deal. That's not typical on Microtex. Normally no. they're rounded and stepped, nice. or they're just a solid spike. Gotcha. Now I, on my uh, Scarab, it's a ball bearing, but it's a different shape. Right. And on the Ultratex, they're normally just a spike. Nice. So okay. uh, kind of cool on that. The Switch is crazy looking. Oh, yeah. It's got a lot of detail on there. 
Yeah, the slider yeah. switch, mm-hmm. you know, the actuator. It's, Definitely it's grip. really bananas looking. It's like an X. It's, it's uh, We'll post pictures of all this stuff. Uh, and then inside is that Vapor Blast Hollow Ground Ultratech out of M390. It's crazy. It is. It's a hot unit, guys. I'm, I'm getting lost at a time. Yeah, I will. And you can't even tell that it's blasted. I mean, it's so smooth. Yeah, I don't know what that. Va- I don't know if it's a gas treatment they put it through, like they suspend it in some kind of vapor. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I don't it know. kind of fogs up the steel. I have no idea. It's it definitely crazy. doesn't look like a media blast. It looks like a chemical treatment. And judging by the name, I would assume that it is some sort of airborne chemical treatment. Yeah, it does look like it's blasted. So I don't know if that's a that's that's just a, a really 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 fine particles. Maybe. Like uh, like dust. Yeah, like dust. Like 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 uh, they had a guy in their shop just like with a mortar and pestle, pestle. grinding up beer bottles, <laughs> just, just to get into a powder. Oh, that's not an inhalation hazard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what that's what this looks like. I mean, it's, it's a super super fine uh, finish on there. It's two tone, like you said. I mean, uh, and looks like looks like a what is that surface ground or is that yeah is that surface, hand pull? surface yeah, ground surface ground. But no, this com- this is exceedingly comfortable. And it's not too hard to push either way. I mean, that just snaps out. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, it's a hot little unit, oh, isn't it? Yeah, this is cool. This is really cool. Pictures to come, guys. Yeah. Make sure you guys are check or click on the link that we post to the website to check to, to check this out because that's where I'm posting these pictures. Sweet. Yeah, I this mean, would be perfect. For the I mean, website. this is this is this is great. Just huh. It was a lot right there. I mean, right. Yeah. And I, I want to share that whole experience because the knife. Yes, the knife is amazing, but I have to say the presentation of the knife is what set me head over heels. Like, it really did. Absolutely. And I'm going to zip it up and put it back in its box. All right. So, question for you, Mr. Martin. Sir. What? Or uh, how did Vehement do at Blade Show? Best show we've ever had. Hands down. <laughs> it was the absolute best show we've ever had. Uh, we have a lot of stuff in the works. Uh, that you guys will have to wait to find out because I can't talk about it right now, but it is all extraordinarily good news. And so, yeah, uh, our our table did great. Um, it was just awesome. It was the best show we've ever had. Yeah. No, no. Every every time every time I came back to your table to, like, you know, I guess steal, steal table space from your customers, potentially, <laughs> you, you were always smiling. Jenna was always, like, on her toes. Ashley was always on her toes. Nobody was slacking. It was, I mean, you guys were like the epitome of what you should be doing at a show. And was, and you guys hustled. I mean, it was great. It was, so we were just, we were all exhausted and it was, but it was just amazing to be there. So mm-hmm. I look forward to it every year and every year we get there, there's this big like sigh of relief, like we did it, we made it, we're here. <laughs> and from there on, it's just pure energy until this very moment when we sat down in front of the microphone, I started to fall asleep. No, <laughs> uh, it was it was it was really good. What about you, Jim? What did you experience while you were out there? I got a ton of interviews for this podcast. Yes, I got a bunch of them, and we'll be releasing them slowly over the next few weeks um, to just kind of slowly reveal my own experience at Blade. Other than that, it was a lot of walking around, a lot of talking to people, a lot of answering Bark Rupert questions, um, different makers asking us asking us if uh, you know for collaborations and uh, and uh, you know. You know, steel pipelines and and, uh, and everything that we everything that we normally do for everybody else. Um, other than that, it was a lot of beer and a lot of joking around, lots of smiles, lots of back slapping. Yeah, yeah. And and there was nothing negative about it that brought my spirits down whatsoever. It's just it a was, fun time. I mean, it really great. is. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, nothing. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a really good time. I'm totally coming back next year, and eventually, and eventually, I would love to have it behind the blade podcast table yes like have a table or a booth there where people can stop in and i mean that's hopefully at that point vehement knives booth will be staffed and autonomous right and then jim and i can just be hanging out doing a live broadcast from blade show because how bad i wouldn't expect you to just hang out at the at at, at the booth i'll do that yeah yeah. you you can float back and forth there you go between yeah that's 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 probably more realistic too yeah totally okay i mean like i'm not even sure what we'd have on our table here's a business card a microphone jim i'm gonna have have two of them there you go boom boom right there but but uh no that would that would be a lot of that would be a really good time um so we're uh we're gonna go ahead and put up a couple of interviews um, on this episode right away. So, um, you guys let's, think, huh? Oh, you ready to go? Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> let's go. Okay. <laughs> All right. So stay tuned for that. Okay. So here's the thing about the interviews though. I had my zoom H one recorder and it recorded excellent sound, but I did not have a pop filter. 
So occasionally you hear the, the, the lots of lots of emphasis on those P's and D's and T's if they hit the microphone just right. So so be prepared to forgive that a little bit. Otherwise, the sound quality is fairly decent, and you can hear everybody. There's no like loud hissing or anything in the background, but you can hear the murmur. You can tell that we were at Blade Show, and you can tell that we were having a good time. So stay tuned for interview one. All right, gang, Matt Martin here with Behind the Blade Podcast at Blade Show 2017. I gotta say, it is electric in here. This is, I've been doing this for a couple years, and the energy is exceptional this year. And I'm not sure what has changed, but it's a very positive atmosphere. A lot of cool knives all over the place. I know the Vehement Knives table has been absolutely swamped, so we're gonna have Jim run around and do all the interviews in our stead. He's doing a great job. Everybody's happy to be here. Stay tuned and listen to what's coming up and what's new and what we find. We appreciate you guys listening, and it was absolutely fantastic shaking hands and meeting so many people that are following the podcast. We really appreciate you guys, and hopefully we can bring you some good information from the show. Thanks again, and stay tuned. What's up, guys? Jim Stewart from Behind the Blade Podcast, live at Blade Show 2017. I am here with Johnny himself from Copus Designs. What's up, Johnny? Hi, everyone. This is John Blotz from Copus Designs. Great to be on the podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. So tell everybody who you are and uh, where you're from and uh, what you got going on. So uh, Copus Designs started a couple years ago. I was actually apprenticing from Matt Martin of the podcast and Vehement Knives um, on this a side job outside of my work and uh, wanted to learn to make knives. And so I did that for a couple of years. And actually, two years to the day today was when we started Copus Designs. We had a sketch of a cool little EDC tool called the STK. Um, that we have available now and uh, a couple of friends of the of the show and of the makers came by and said hey you know this is a great design like we'd love to see you make that so a lot of help from the community helped me get it going and uh, now we have a couple of tools available and are starting to make fixed blades as well excellent excellent I understand that you guys had an extremely successful Kickstarter for that yeah for that I mean how, how fast did you reach that goal so it was pretty crazy we we honestly we started small we had a five thousand dollar goal and uh, we got to twenty seven thousand dollars in 30 days Wow that's it's pretty pretty incredible pretty impressive impressive and incredible at the oh, same time it's a good word it's a new word we'll add that to the, to <laughs> call the Donald Trump yeah no thank you <laughs> thank you very much no yeah. so it was a great experience I mean I had a lot of help from my brother Dave um, Dave Blotzis and my family helped me with a lot of the marketing a lot of help from all our friends and family, vehement knives, uh, Tough Rider Manufacturing. And um, so the cool thing was that when we finished the Kickstarter, we actually, right at the end, were picked up by um, Popular Mechanics Magazine. And they did a feature article on our, on our tool. And we are also named in their top five most innovative uh, multi-tools of the year. So get your pre-orders in. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yep, they're available at www.copusdesigns.com. And that's K-O-P-I-S dot, uh, dot com. K-O-P-I-S Designs. Yes, dot com. I can spell. <laughs> well, well, it's getting later in the day, and it's day two, so we're starting, it to, is. We're starting to all get a little frazzled. So, yeah. no, it's all good. I am, think I'm ready for a beer. You ready for a beer? I am absolutely ready for a beer, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely, man. Well, everybody, that has been uh, John Balazs from the Copus Designs. And uh, check them out, CopusDesigns.com, and that SDK is sweet, sweet. Pick that up. Thank you all. Have a great day. Thanks. Guys, that was John Balazis from CopusDesigns.com at www.copusdesigns.com. On his site right now is a 10% store-wide discount to anybody from the podcast with using the discount code behind the blade, all one word. So make sure that you guys go to CopusDesigns.com whenever you're buying that SDK, that sweet, sweet multi-tool that we that we were talking about in the interview, and you enter that promo code, you get 10% off anything that you buy in the order. So pick out 15, 16 things, hit that store-wide discount for 10%, saves you a bunch of money yeah. <laughs> in one shot, or even just on one thing, it doesn't matter. But thank you again, John Balazis, and his brother Dave was there, by the way, too, they did an excellent job on their booth, and I know that they're super happy. They came away with everything pretty well, and uh, and uh, we're uh, we're on to the next interview.
What's up, everybody? Jim Stewart from Behind the Blade Podcast here with Ron and Kyle Schwartz of KMESharpeners.com. That's KMESharp.com. You can find out their awesome system. Ron, what's going on, man? Hey, welcome to Blade 2017, man. We're having a great time. Great time. What yes. Incredible turnout. <laughs> it's been it's been fantastic so far. So uh, so guys, thank you again for sponsoring the podcast. Your product is absolutely fantastic. It really is. Uh, we were just talking about how it's uh, Jim Stewart approved, and then we all kind of laughed. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, that's what's important to us. That's important to us. And Matt Martin approved, and not anyone who's convex devotee approved. You know. Here, here. Yeah. Here, here. We, we just wanted, like I said, we want to make product that works. Every bit as well as we say it does, not just to make money, but to actually solve a problem for people. Here, here, and and I would I would agree that it does. I mean, it's a really really good system. Like I like I was telling you guys earlier, I usually when I sharpen something, it's not on the grinder or buffer; it's on stones by hand, right, right. and that's fairly easy to do on its own. Your system makes it ninety percent easier than that. But the other I mean, thing is, most your average guy doesn't have access to a grinder and a buffer. Correct. You know, so he's stuck with a stone and. <laughs> and patience and learning yeah, and screwing right, up a night right, or two. Right. And the thing, I, you'll have your purist. You're always going to have your purist. And you don't need a system, just use a rock and blah, blah, blah. Fine. If you can do that, do that. But just understand that there's a whole lot of people that can't. Right. And as we were going back to saying, sharpening is 90% knowledge and 10% skill. Here, here. So what you learn by using a system, then you can then apply to your freehand. Yes. You know? Well, if you have a guide, you, uh, you you understand exactly what it is that you're doing. Right, right, right. If, if you have angle under control then, and you're not getting anywhere, then it must be something else. Right. Versus if you're on a stone and you go over for three hours, it's not working, you have no idea why it's not working. <laughs> it reminds me of the first yeah, time I know? used a stone. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but here, but exactly. Yeah. I mean, we all have that. We all have that learning curve, and this dramatically shortens that learning curve. because it, We just want to help people. You know, like you said, it should not be a project or a struggle to sharpen a knife. Correct. <laughs> I agree. I mean, it's, it's a tool. We should use it. And you shouldn't have to be without your knife for three weeks or two weeks. I don't know what your turnaround time is. It's usually you, two weeks, but no, you're you totally right. When you turn it back, you know, sometimes you need a sharp knife, knife right now. Right, right. There's no reason not to get one of these systems and then absolutely just sharpen it. Just sharpen the knife. <laughs> so, so all right. What What is new for you guys uh, to, for, Blade, for Blade 2017? We have the... Uh, the scissor sharpener this year, which was really designed to do precision shears. They can also be done convex, which is a big, and that awesome. industry is a real big thing. Uh, people have been asking for that for a long time. We also have an axe sharpener. I saw that a little bit. It was a sharpening system that is, again, convex or V-grind, your choice. Depending on which rod you use, of course. Uh, yeah, very versatile. we got to get some videos and some instructions up on that, but it's... It's been extremely well received. Excellent. <laughs> extremely well received. Excellent. So the axe sharpener actually has a couple of magnets that fastens to the head of the to the head of the axe. Yeah. And and that's how you set your that's how you set your edge, right? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, trying to make it as versatile as possible. Uh, any knife clamp. If you try to design one knife clamp that's gonna hold every knife ever made, good luck. Yeah, it's you probably know? probably gonna have a hard time Same doing thing that. With the axe sharpener. You right. know, if I can get 60, 70, 80 percent of the uh, axes out there that'll work on, that's as good as you're going to do. You know? Yeah, and you'll find other people that innovate ways to make it right, adapt right. to and to it, other things. And, and just like everything else, a knife sharpener when we started, hey, make me this, hey, make me that, hey, make me that, and we do. You know, we do. The one thing that just makes my skin fall, Jim, is, hey, can your knife sharpener do this? And if I get an answer no, it's like, oh. <laughs> it's like I failed somewhere. We gotta somewhere. fix that. We I gotta fix do that. I don't ever want to answer no to that again. <laughs> right, right. Yes. It should be yes. So, Kyle, I got a couple questions for you, if that's cool. Yes, no right. problem. How do, you, how do you like working for Dad? Um, <laughs> we have our moments, but for the most part, you know, it's every American dream to have a family-owned business, come out with a product, and be successful with that product. Um, it's a family-owned business, like I said. Uh, my dad, Ron, over here, he's the creator, inventor. He comes out with all the products. Um, back behind me uh, is my uncle, my aunt, uh, my grandmother, my mother. We all work. So it's really evolved. It's yes, a family business, as in. family-oriented. Yeah. 
and uh, it's American made too. All our products made in America, everything American made, and we like we touched on before. Our goal is to make our customers happy. Here, here, and you guys are doing a great job at that, by the way. I, I, to I totally commiserate with the problems aspect of it because I am also in a family business working yeah, for my dad. Exactly. What's that? I just, something that just occurred to me, you asked about what's new this year? Yeah. We were just discussing uh, Ryan Spradling, who is knife guy on Instagram, YouTube, is my new tech support specialist. Nice. And rather than answer emails and telephones, He's going to do actual FaceTime tutorials. Oh, man. You mean individual time individual. with people. So it's like if you're having a problem with your sharpener, it's not going to week of emails. It's a FaceTime. Brian will be able to see what you're doing. Tell me, it'll be just like you and I standing right here. That's, that is the definition of good customer service. Absolutely. Perfect right there. That's, that's and great. And it's just like popped into our head yesterday. Like, oh, we're idiots. Why haven't we been doing that all along? You know? Well, I mean, you could spend a week answering these emails, really thinking about your response to this guy, or you could just have an hour-long FaceTime, or less. Yeah, right, yeah. Or less. I mean, it's just because, it's economy know, of scale. Some stuff on the phone, if you can't see, it's just not translated. For example, and I'll just briefly, I spent 12 minutes on the phone with a guy one time who could not get the diamond stone in the stone carrier. <laughs> really? It took 12 minutes of us back and forth for me to realize... He had never taken the cover off. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but being able to see would have solved that instantly. Right. You know, right. so, and and, th and then you're, you are truly one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. You know, you're watching, he's going to be watching what's going on, so look forward to that. Very cool. What's uh, his YouTube channel? Works. We want everyone who, who buys one, you know, to get the most out of it. Absolutely, and you know, a, a visual representation of exactly what it is, the yeah, FaceTiming, yeah, exactly. that's great. So, what's, uh, what's his YouTube channel? Uh, the YouTube channel's KME Sharp for now. Oh, it's on yours? Yeah. But Brian's on Instagram, he's on Facebook, he's on KME Users. Um, he's all over. Gotcha. KME Users is a Facebook group? Excuse me? KME Users is the Facebook group? Yep. Very cool. Yep. All right. Yep. So that's YouTube.com slash KME Sharp? Yeah. And, okay, cool, cool. And then uh, and then KME Users on Facebook? I'm sorry? A KME Users on Facebook? There's a group? KME Users on Facebook. Also, of course, Edge Snobs. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're on. Uh, we do a lot of tech support through there. Um, we show new products that are coming out. Uh, we're constantly trying to document what we're doing. Uh, it's a real one-on-one -on -one connection with... Uh, the company and the customers. Excellent. Fully agree. Every customer, right. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much. Uh, again, this is Behind the Blade Podcast with Ron and Kyle Schwartz, and this is a fantastic product. And guys, have a great show. Thank you very much, man. Looking Thanks, Jim. Your words mean a lot. Got it. I said we're looking forward to next week's episode already. <laughs> here, here. <laughs>and you can track them down on Facebook at Cami Sharpeners. If you did that, I'm sure you'd be able to find them. Jim, you want to back me up on this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to like let this go for a solo thing, but yes, no. Um, you can check him out on Facebook. He's uh, he's also on um, Instagram and YouTube at Cami Sharp on YouTube uh, and YouTube as well. There's a bunch of uh, there's a there, there's a bunch of tutorials that are coming up, and a, I'm sure a bunch of pro product highlight videos. Definitely check that out. They're great guys. They just, I mean, their their hearts in it. And when your hearts in it, your product's good. And when your product's good, you need negligible customer service. However, these guys jump way beyond that and do everything for the customers. They they understand that a sharp knife is a working man's tool, and they couldn't care less about status or snobbery or anything. They just want people to have the sharpest knives on the market, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that their product gets in the hands of people that need it. So I, I can't say enough about it. Even beyond their participation with the show, I just enjoy their company, all the guys over at Cami Sharp, and I believe in their product, and I use it myself. So. Uh, definitely go check those guys out and we will be back with a short tech tip segment.
All right, gang, and we're back. Uh, a Blade Show-inspired tech tips today. This is, uh, I would say, similar to a product review, and I will say that it is not similar, but it is absolutely a product recommendation. Yeah, Matt was Matt was ranting and raving about this in a positive way. I mean, ranting and raving is usually a negative connotation, but not in this case. Let me see that bottle, man. I didn't even, didn't even really look at this yet. There's a really sweet vulture on the front of this. Funny enough, the company's name is Vulture Equipment Works. Imagine that. <laughs> Actually, the artwork is pretty cool. It is. They have, so, a, they have a killer yeah. logo. I have their sticker on my toolbox, and they have like this really angry-looking vulture as their logo. They uh, had a truck that was wrapped, but it was all like decked out with racks and jerry cans and lights and axes and shovels. <laughs> I mean, it looked intense. When you showed up, you're like, oh, those guys mean business. And then I, <laughs> I met them you know, by happenstance in the show. Uh, they make a variety of knives. They do some pretty sweet knives, actually, uh, uh, mostly in like the bushcraft survival, cool. but kind of yeah. atypical in look. So, I mean, they're pretty modern looking for gotcha. a bushcraft survival style knife. You guys will have to go. I don't. I'm pretty sure it's vultureequipmentworks.com. Jim, can you back me up on that? I hate to send people to the wrong place. I am typing my butt off. There we go. Vultureequipmentworks.com. There That's you go. exactly what it was. Yeah. So go check them out for their knives. But what we're talking about here today is I stopped by their booth. I picked up a fire starting kit from them as a gift. It, um, really cool. Check it out on their website. I'm pretty sure there's some YouTube videos out there about it too. They're like these re... We can chat about this for a second, Jim, because <laughs> it's awesome. They're these little like uh, wet tinder kind of they're like a swath of, of fabric with some shit. Stuff. Sorry, oh, but guys. it's fire starter. It's fire starter. Fire so starter, you take yeah. a ferrule rod, which it comes with a ferrule mm -hmm. rod and like a custom uh, lathe turned aluminum handle, oh, that's and, like cool. a big striker. The striker is like a, um, it's a carbide cutter off a lathe set in a rubber handle. Really, dude, it's wow. awesome. So it never huh. wears out. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. just super cool the way they they did it. the presentations in this watertight tube. And there's a lot of these little matches. They're probably three quarter inch wide by I don't know three two and a half three inches long. Hmm. And you can strike the ferro rod on it, and they ignite, and they burn hot, and they burn forever. I mean, they burn like I mean minutes. Oh but wow, yeah, that's cool. Once your fire's lit, you rub it in the dirt, and it extinguishes it. Yeah, and you still have that wet tinder. And it's still there. And it's still good to go. That's awesome. And so it's like this reusable emergency. And it came with, oh my God, it came with so many of them in there. So it's not like for emergency use only, uh -huh. here are three, take care of them. <laughs> yeah. See, no, I, I want, there was like a dozen in there. There's so many. <laughs> I, I got it for my aunt. She's super into the survival game and she's always building, you know, her bug out bags and stuff like that. And so, and she likes training and practicing with it. So I was like, That's this is awesome. a great gift for her. So hmm. I picked it up. Um, not the cheapest fire starter on the market. I right. will say that. Uh, but I do believe you get what you pay for, and this thing is a beast, and the packaging is on point. Yeah. Back to the tech tip that we were talking about, though. Um, uh, William Egbert, if I'm not mistaken, is his last name, and he's a super cool cat. The guy could be in a movie. He's a real character. Like, I mean, <laughs> he's you meet him, and he has this... Uh, he's, like, if he played for Van Halen last year, and, yeah. then, and then you meet him, he's that kind of energy. Nice. You know what I mean? Like right, he's, right, just, right. he's bigger than life. His energy is. Uh, and he, he turned me on to this oil. And he's like, try this. And, and so I bought a bottle of it. And everyone's always like, oh, our stuff's the best. You know what I mean? But And you just have to try it and roll the dice. Well, you guys know I typically carry that Sabenza 25. And it, you know, we talk about it here all the time. It has always been like the sludgiest, nastiest <laughs> opening knife I've ever had. It's a and ton of extra effort, adjust the right angle to flip that to flip the blade out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. the phase of the moon has to be right to make sure that the gravitational pull. If I want right. to open it, and so and this is no shot on Chris Reeves' Benzes or anything. I love that knife, but let's call a spade a spade. The thing is a nightmare to open, and it yeah. always has been. And I've lapped at uh, Jim's advice. I've lapped the bushings and mirror polished them, and I've done this and I've done that, and it's made. It maybe psychosomatically better. Psychosomatically better. <laughs> <laughs> it made me think it works better. I now. definitely I spent some hours on it, so, <laughs> so it, it must, would have to work better. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get this oil from Egbert. Try this stuff. Now, it's good from negative 50 to plus 500 degrees Fahrenheit, so I can even use it up in uh, the UP here. You can New use Sheffield. it on the surface of Mercury. Yeah, and so <laughs> and it's called Liquid Freakiness, and I bought a two-ounce bottle of it, and he's like, just try this, and I, you know, I'm sitting at the booth, and I didn't have a whole lot of time to be bored, but I got a minute, and I just put a drop on either side of the pivot, of that Sabenza, 
and it fires like gangbusters. It's never worked so. And this isn't trust me, Vulture isn't like a sponsor of the podcast. No, no, no. this product is uh, just cool. <laughs> they're buddies of mine from Blade Show. You know, on kind of a cursory level, so we do like to talk to each other every once in a while. We'll give each other a shout out on Instagram or something like that between Vehement Knives and Vulture. Uh, but this oil for their. I, th- I think it's a home brew. I, I have. It's a ridiculous. Is, is, like, there, is there like an ingredient list on there? <laughs> no, it says. Oil. <laughs> I'll read. Yeah, it says Vulture developed this oil especially for today's modern knives and firearms. Not only is it safe on paints and plastic, it is also food grade and on one hundred percent synthetic. This oil has a low evaporation rate and is non toxic, odorless, colorless, and performs from negative fifty to five hundred degrees Fahrenheit. And it wow. does. Um, it doesn't like the way WD-40 is like a solvent that mm-hmm. evaporates and just goes away. Yeah. This this kind of turns into like one step past a dry film lube. So it still has mm-hmm. a little bit of viscosity to it. Yeah. But once you like you put it on your fingers, it does dry and go away and you don't feel gross. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's still there. So it's not quite a dry gotcha. film. But it so- is... I, I don't know what else to say, guys. I I think it was like fifteen bucks I paid for this That's bottle. That's not a bad price either. Uh, for two ounces, which two ounces doesn't sound like a lot. So you look at the bottle and you realize you only need a drop at a time. It's probably yeah. five years worth of oil there. Yeah, I don't think you're ever gonna you're, you're not gonna run out of this stuff anytime soon. And if you are having some sort of uh, and I haven't used it on a firearm yet, so I, I'm not gonna give it the full blown stamp. I'm sure it'll be fine, but mm-hmm. I just don't have any experience, so I can't form an opinion. So I have a I have a five inch nineteen eleven. Oh. We should oil the crap out of it. With we this. should absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and then, and then come back to it. Go go to the range and check it out. Because it, mm-hmm. I, I, to get that Sabenza to move was a force of nature. And if this, and I've tried, guys, I have tried so many friggin' oils in that Sabenza, and I've been grossly disappointed every time. <laughs> to the point where I had to take it apart and clean all the gunk out of there from the oils that have built up. And that was a nightmare. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, no, this stuff is it's it's the bee's knees. So I, you should try it. Uh, I highly recommend it. Check those guys out. And while you're there, tell them Behind the Blade Podcast sent you. Tell them Matt and Jim uh, recommended their product. And check out their knives because they actually have some really, really cool knife designs. I, I, I hear that. Absolutely. I'm looking at their knives right now, and they look exceedingly comfortable. I'm going to come over to your side. Yeah, you know, it, I just want sure. To... Yeah, yeah. Come on over. Come on over. Yeah, Matt's walking around right now. So, so, so. Right, it, Dude, it's, they're great. Yeah, no, it's absolutely cool. I mean, you can you can tell there's a little bit of Yag laser work on the uh, on the on the blades for you know the, the heat right through the coating and in a perfect way. I mean, all the lines are super clear. Like the maker's marks and stuff. Oh yeah, you can tell that they've they've done a lot of they've done a lot of engineering. So that Talon Mark mm-hmm. II is one that I handled specifically at the show. And right. Going back to what I was saying about the uh, I'm coming back to my microphone so I can talk to you guys, not just Jim. <laughs> um, uh, I was saying about the, the power of like a four to five inch knife as an all around survival knife and what you can do with that. That knife in the hand, you're like, dude, this thing is awesome. Like it's a badass yeah. little knife. I mean, it looks racy. Mm-hmm. It's comfortable in the hand. They do good materials on it. I think they're, I know some of them were CPM 154, which you guys yep, know. Yep, my the, 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 the Cholera Mark III. Cholera, yeah. The Cholera. The Cholera Mark III is CPM 154. The talon that, that Matt was just talking about is in 154CM, which is exactly the same chemical composition, just just the older variant of it. One's centered, great. one's powdered, yeah. Right, right, which is still great. Um, and more CPM 154. There you go. So you got yeah. high corrosion resistance, you have edge holding, you have toughness. Um, you guys know where I stand on that. I'm not much of a steel snob, but I do know that that is a tried and true steel. We use it on most vehement knives because I believe in it so much. It, it's probably my favorite stainless yeah, at this I, point. Yeah, I agree. It, I, Absolutely. I mean, I mean, and I've said this several times. I mean, even over the last couple of days. I mean, like I did a live feed with Derek yesterday. I don't know if you watched that or not. That was really funny. No. But but um, but uh, but no. I, I I said I said in there flat out. It's one of my favorite steels. I mean, I don't care what anybody else says. It's great price point. Holds an edge forever. Takes a great heat treat. Easy to work with. Easy for the customer to sharpen. And it's stainless. Great for EDC. I mean, I mean, like it is. You don't give up anything. Nothing. With that steel, yeah. you're not like, well, it does hold its edge a lot, but if you build it into a chopper, it's going to shatter. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, you give up nothing. Our EOD yeah. knives that we used to make were pry bars used to breach vehicles or dig holes in the ground and pry rocks out from around ordnance. Guess what, guys? We use quarter inch, one fifty four cm. Right. So I, anybody who's like, ah, it's really not. You know what? Just step away from the computer. Step away from the charts and graphs. Step into the field. 
and use that steel. And I'm going to get on a soapbox a little bit because the the slander and the knife blade snobbery and stuff like that, you guys ask all the time, what's your favorite steel? Now I'm going to answer it very candidly, mostly because I'm tired and I'm tired of that question <laughs> and I'm tired of people shitting on 154CM. The filter and, scrubbed out already. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So get it out. <laughs> and, I, and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't use it if I didn't believe in it. And so it's that simple. I mean, I trust me, guys. My steel supplier, he'll send me anything I ask him for. Any of them. I use several. They'll send me any material I want. And furthermore, if it's more expensive, guess what? The knife becomes more expensive. So I don't even pay the extra cost for that steel. The customer does. So uh, why wouldn't I use the steel that I believe in the most, that I feel like is the most bang for your buck? It doesn't cost me any more money, and I can get any steel I want. So... 154 CM is what I choose. Now, I also do CPM 154 because I do see the benefit in toughness even beyond what it, this is so, you guys, I I apologize right now. I don't mean to go on a rant, but this is the thing. Just because the chart shows, uh, and, and this is all arbitrary, by the way, I don't know who puts together the charts. I mean, this isn't like a double blind peer reviewed, you know what I mean? This is like, I got a, blue pen and a red pen and here we go I, this steel yeah. is tougher well what does that mean well it also means that on that scale the human ability barely registers on the capability of the, if, if, if i'm making that oh, make no, sense no, no, it makes total sense so just because sense. 3v is 11 times tougher than 154 cm and i don't know what it actually is so i'm just throwing that out there um just because it shows that doesn't mean as a human being you'll be able to break the 154 cm perfect and that's all my point is on this is that hey pick the steel you like especially if spider code does these sprint runs where all of a sudden it's a, a random new experimental steel that's great for collectability it's great to be able to try it out but as far as considering a steel that is tried and true to be inferior when it possesses all the real world field qualities that make a superior knife i would just like to see an end to that and feel free to like what you're going to like. I mean, you're going to you're going to have your opinions. I don't much care for S35VN. There, I said it. I don't like the way it holds edges. So, I, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> it just is what it is. So you're going to like what you're going to like. But to be quite honest, I'm sorry that was rude. There aren't very many inferior steels. There are only inferior heat treats, blade geometries, right. uh, thickness. A stock thickness determination for what the task the knife was made for. Right. You know, I mean, there's just all kinds of other factors that go into it. But a good blade steel, it's been around for the last, I don't know, 30, 40 years. Yep. Since the 70s. Yeah. 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 And I mean, it's a proven steel. Yeah. So I, when people are like, oh, they turn their nose up at 154 CM and they walk away. I'm like, oh, so I guess you're just not into using knives. You're more into the <laughs> alphanumeric code that's stamped on the side. And it frustrates me as a maker, not that it hurts our sales whatsoever, but this culture frustrates me as not just a maker but as a knife enthusiast so there soapbox i'm off rant over that was the weirdest <laughs> tech tips we've ever had it, i went off the rails on it we're post blade i think we're allowed a little bit of looniness yeah and yeah. jim and i started off we're like all right we're gonna do a super easy podcast tonight we're gonna drop in these interviews we're just gonna have like an intro it's gonna be a slam dunk and here it is going on 11 o'clock <laughs> and we've been here this whole time and you know what just like we said to you guys at the show, just like we say at every podcast, we would be doing this anyway. The only difference is we bought microphones so we could do it with you guys. <laughs> Matt, I think that wraps up an actually fairly fantastic episode of Behind the Blade Podcast, episode 11. This is Jim Stewart signing off for Matt Martin. And you know what, you guys? Have a great night.